Welcome back to Fatah's Podcast. Alhamdulillah, today we are able to do a brand new episode. I don't know if this is episode 15 or 16, I haven't checked yet, but I'm just very thankful just to be doing another episode, man. Um, I haven't done an episode since uh, last year. <laughs> yeah, I know it's cheesy, but whatever. Um, so like I said, the last time I did a podcast episode was in October. And um, I think I talked about, I definitely wasn't a zombie apocalypse. It wasn't, man, I really don't know what I did. Whatever, I could check it later. Um, on this podcast episode, I want to talk about Umrah and my experience over there and what it meant to me and just how much I truly enjoyed it and how much it has made an impact on me. Um, to begin, um, it's 2020 and, you know, this month has been long, and it's just really interesting, you know. Um, this has been a very interesting month. It's it, it for some reason it's like World War Three was threatened. Um, a virus decided to spread over China, and um, Kobe passed away yesterday. So it's been it's been a pretty interesting month, and it's been pretty long, but. Like I said, we don't know what happens tomorrow. You know, our past is um, solid. You know, it's in stone. But our future, we don't know what happens in our future. Allah alam, only Allah knows. Um, and for me, you know, I just want to say alhamdulillah to begin because um, I I know yesterday I I saw on uh, on social media yesterday people's mixed reaction to Kobe's passing. You know, on one hand we had people that were sad, and on the other hand we had people saying, you know. You can't sympathize with a person who is non-Muslim. And my thoughts is I 100 and, and I 1000% disagree. Um, I believe you can sympathize with somebody. You know, at the end of the day, that is a soul that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought. And for most of us, especially um, people who are my age, we grew up on watching Kobe. We grew up watching him play against Celtics. A lot of us started playing basketball because of Kobe. So it was, it, it to us, it was, it was a shock. Like, was I sad? Yeah, of course I was sad. It was somebody who I, who I looked up to as a basketball player, you know, somebody I was following. You know, you have to be sympathetic because that is a, that is, that is a mom that lost her husband and daughter. That's his daughter that lost his, he has four daughters. They lost their sister and they lost their dad. That's a mom who lost her son. That's a dad who lost his son. You know, that's a brother who lost um, her brother, man. So um, I don't agree with that we can't be sympathetic, you know. Um, life is fragile, man. To me, what that showed me is that, um, and I've always known this, but it, it showed me that no matter our status, no matter the amount of money we make, no matter who we involve in our life, what we do, who we mess with, who we don't mess with, uh, what we do with our careers. Um, you're not immortal and you're going to pass away regardless. There's one given in life is that you will die. Death will happen and no one has ever escaped death. Um, I know I went into a little bit of long rant on that, um, but I just want to just, just talk about that. Um, let's go back to the episode topic. So, Again, um, I just want to talk about Umrah, man. To me, Umrah was just 
a very spiritual journey that uh, me, my mom, and my brother were able to take. And it was, and it was, it was a journey that I, I hate to say because I feel like it's so repetitive, but it, it definitely was life-changing to me, man. Because you are able to go to a place where the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, all the incredible Sahabas and all the people, like the great Muslims of our time, were able to walk and stuff too. And just... Um, like I'm gonna talk about in this episode, for me it was just life. It, it was just eye-opening, just seeing just the, how vastly diverse our religion is, and it, it, it's just really dope. Um, I want to talk about just my beginning, the middle, and towards the end. As we know, Umrah is um, Umrah. You have st- to do Umrah. You need to take some steps. I'm not going to get into the steps, but you don't just walk into the Kaaba and just walk around seven times. There's protocols, there's uh, procedures that you need to follow in order to go. But, you know, you have special garments to wear. You need to be, um, you need to um, do certain things. Um, and you can do research on it just to be able to be prepared. And you need to be able to do, um, I think it's called mihat on the way to the masjid. So mihat is when you are, um, when, when you shower, when you dress, when you shave, when you, um, when we're on, when you're on basically when we were on the bus in our way over there is when you go to the masjid you pray two rakahs and then you head over there and you start reciting the dua and I think it was la Allahumma and you start reciting it and it's just very powerful when you have an entire bus full of people from all around the world people who have who represent different nationalities who come from different levels of income who come from different backgrounds different languages all reciting one dua and just powerful. And the closer you get, the, the what do you call it, the more powerful it gets, and the louder it gets, and you see people getting more excited because you are about to enter to the house of Allah. So um, before I get into it, um, I want to start off by thanking my mom. Um, my mom, she's the reason we went to Umrah, and my grandma too. My grandma, um, Allah and she went to Umrah in I think it was January 2018. And she made dua, and she always made dua for for me and my brother, my mom, to go to to go to Umrah. And um, she constantly made that dua, and that dua inspired my mom to save up. And she just been saving and saving and saving. She said, December twenty nineteen, I'm going to Umrah. So, um, it was really, it was, it was just for me, it was just so impactful and significant that the dua of my ayayo and and the strength of my mom. Were, was the reason why we were able to go there, and also with the invite of Allah, because to go to Umrah, to go to the Kaaba, you need to be invited by Allah. It was beyond emotional. Um, my mom is the most kindest, most incredible, um, loving, fierce, family-oriented person I have ever met, and her and my grandma are two people who I look up to. Um, as 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 uh, for strength, and I rely on them because they are who I aspire to be. So I'm so grateful that um, they are in my life or were in my life, but they will be in my life forever. Like just always in my heart and my daughters. Um. So to begin this journey, so we go to Boston, and then we go to Turkey, and then we head to Jeddah, and Jeddah is next to Mecca. Um, but we decided to go to Jeddah to Medina. And Medina and Jeddah are pretty far. It's about a three-hour car ride, and it's about a four or five-hour bus ride. So we decided to go from Jeddah to Medina. We stayed in Medina for a couple of days, and then we went to uh, Mecca. 
So I want to start with Boston. You guys may be thinking, why is he starting with Boston? What is so significant in Boston? Isn't Boston a conservative place? For me, Boston was like it was in, it was it was it was awesome. Boston was I love Boston market, but it wasn't about Boston market that had me so intrigued about the place. It was when we went to the Masjid, one of the I think it's one of the biggest Masjid on the East Coast. And we went to the masjid, right? We decided to take the train. We went on the train. You know, we have our bags on us. We were able to send our suitcases over to uh, to Jeddah, alhamdulillah, so we don't have to carry that around. So I have my backpack. My mom has her backpack. My brother has her backpack. And we're just going to the train. We don't know, you know, this area. So we get there, and we're trying to make maghrib. And we get off the train station, and we're lost. You know, Google Maps is messing up. We're like, oh, man, where's this masjid? So we walk, and it's starting to get, the sun is setting, and it's starting to get dark. And it's about to become Makrib. And I kid you not, the first time I've ever heard the Adhan play over the loudspeaker in my entire life, and I'm 23 years old, was in Boston. And all of a sudden, all I hear is, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Just loud and, and strong and precise. And I'm just looking around. I'm like, what is going on? You know, I'm not in a Muslim country. I know where I'm at. I'm in the United States. I'm in a very conservative place. So me and my mom and brother, we're, we're in shock. We're like, what is going on? Like, we hear the Adhan, and we're just like, we're, we're in awe. You know, we're happy. Like, we're like, wow, this is, this is awesome. We follow the, the, we follow the sound of the Adhan, and then we step into this huge gated masjid that is um, on Malcolm X Boulevard. And we walk in, this masjid is huge. I am talking about could fit probably hundreds and hundreds of people. It's by far the biggest masjid I've been into the United States. Not in the world, in the United States. So we pray our salat. We we, uh, we hang out there for an hour or two, you know, just passing some time because we had some time. And I fell in love with the masjid. Um, obviously, we're not there to be in Boston. We land in Turkey. And uh, keeping it brief, what we did in Turkey is we obviously didn't leave the airport. Um, because we needed to catch our flight to Jeddah. One of the really awesome things I learned when I was, not what I learned, but what I saw when I was in a Muslim country was that right away you spot that the uh, airport has masjids. And you spot all around you, everyone around you. I would say not everyone, but a vast majority of people around you are Muslim. And, you, and for a person that's the first time that They've ever been in an area which is, I would say, 90% Muslim, not including when you're in a Somali community, obviously, or in a masjid. Um, you, you just, you're just like an awe. You're just like, man, this is really, this is really, this is really cool. Um, so we stayed there for a couple hours. I, uh, we were praying inside the masjid, um, and it was just really awesome. I lost my family for a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I lost my family in the airport. I decided to, um. I'm a curious guy, so I decided to, like, just to inspect the airport, and I lost, and it was miscommunication, and uh, it was the first airport in my entire life where I was actually running around, and uh, I believe if I was in the airport in the United States, I would have been tackled and taken into the room and, like, tortured or something, uh, but alhamdulillah, it was a Muslim country, so uh, I was, like, briskly, very fast-paced walking slash jogging into almost full sprint when it was almost our time, but alhamdulillah, I found that. Um, skipping, um, getting to Jeddah, and uh, that was the first time. Again, it was uh, we landed very late, so it was a couple hours before Fajr. We got to the hotel when we crashed, and that was the first time again I heard another ad. The second time in my life, I heard the Adan aloud, 
in a Muslim country. And when you're in a Muslim country, though, one of the really um, awesome things is that, um, and this is something that um, I, I took away, it was one of the main points, is that when when I was in Jeddah, Medina, and Mecca, is that Salat, the Salat, is the number one priority by far everywhere. It's not your business. It's not your, it's not your personal belongings. It's not what you are doing at that second. It is the Salat. Everything goes around the prayer. Your business, your personal life is around the prayers. It's not. And one of the things is what we do in this country and most of us is we make our, um, I'm not, I don't know if I'm wrong, say Salat around our day. So we go with our day, but then the Salat is something we plug into it. For them is they know the time of the Salat and they all come to the masjid to pray the Salat, right? So when I heard the Adan in Jeddah, and you're just hearing the loud prayer, and I looked over into my window, and you just see people just flocking, people just walking in and and groups and groups, and this is in Jeddah, alhamdulillah, and just walking over to the to the masjid. We had a masjid next to our hotel room, alhamdulillah. And something I'm gonna say, I'm sorry, I'm getting off track, but with 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 being over there, what I realized is you have a masjid on every corner. I'm not playing. Even when you are traveling inside into the desert, you have a masjid on every corner. And every masjid is beautiful. It's beautiful. Every masjid is beautiful. They just built it so beautifully. And it's just, you just sit there, it's like, wow, like from the outside, it doesn't look much, but then stuff a lot. But then but when you look on the inside, you're like, what? What's going on? Like, it's so beautiful. Um, from the ones I saw. Okay, so obviously, I, I want to fast forward. So, we get to Medina, and I, I've been, I've been, I've been, alhamdulillah, I've been able to um, travel with my friends. I've been able to travel with family. I've been, I've been around the United States. I've been to uh, Puerto Rico. I've been to good places, alhamdulillah, beautiful places. However, the most beautiful place by far I've ever seen in my entire life is Medina, and it's not even close. Medina is the most beautiful place I have ever seen in my entire life. When you walk into Masjid Nabawi, it is breathtaking. It is breathtaking you walk into the masjid and it seems as if the air is still with a cool breeze you look and you see the birds flying in flocks in the air just gliding you see the tall pillars with the huge huge umbrellas unfolding and you see all the way in front of you, you see the, mes- the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Masjid. And pictures don't do it justice. When I'm talking about that masjid, it's built like a castle. It is bigger than a castle. And I heard a sheikh says, Jajal will tell his followers to take the castle of Muhammad. And he means Masjid Nabawi. What I, what, what I would like for people to know is I don't even think I covered the entire masjid because of how big it is. My feet were throbbing. So when the first time we were able to do it, we um, we got into um, again we were we got into Medina late. So Fajr was our first prayer that we got there, and we stayed there. Um, we just decided to um, not go back to the hotel room. So from Fajr Ilah Duhur, which is about a good amount of time, we just stayed in the masjid. 
and we watched the sunrise uh, go over the city and just the cool air and the amounts of people who are over there. You hear the beautiful voice of the Sheikh reciting Surah Al-Fatiha or any other surah that he's about to recite after it. And you're just in love. And there was a moment where, and I hate to say this because I, I got so distracted, but there was a moment during Maghrib and um, they have outside rugs so you're able to pray outside and it was just, the weather was just so beautiful. And I decided to pray outside and I was praying outside and um, I remember just seeing the sky was just purple and, 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 and orange. It was just this mixture of this beautiful color that only Allah can provide. And you see the birds just, and, and I'm saying this often, when you see the birds just flying over, you just, and you're in prayer, and you see the sun setting. I, I got distracted, and I was watching in the middle of Salah. I was like, oh, and then I was like, no, 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 I'm in Salah, I can't do that. Just, you're, 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 just, you're just in awe of Allah's creation. And you see the pillars just standing tall and strong. And you just, you just, you, you just don't want to leave. I didn't want to leave Medina. I truly, truly didn't want to leave Medina. Because I was just so in love, man. And, and one of the things I would say is, um, for the people that are doing Umrah over there, and the people that live in the city, is that um, they are so kind that everyone is so happy that they are doing Umrah, that they're invited to the house of Allah. Like eventually people are going to make their way to, Ka um, to the Kaaba. Some actually have done Umrah and decided to do Medina, the reverse of what we're doing. Uh, and there's no specific order. And um, I remember one time, um, this man grabbed my hand. And obviously in the United States, if someone grabs your hand, like, like get off of me and you like probably yell at them. But I remember this man grabbed my hand and then he put a date in the middle and then he uh, grabbed my hand and put it to his heart and he said something. I said, and I think he was either speaking Turkish or something else. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't speak the language. And he said, du'a. And then he said, I'm making du'a, I'm making du'a for you. And he touched my heart and I'm just like, man, like, I just don't know how to describe it. You just have people... Who, 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 who are making dua for you for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People are racing to make ajr for you. People are grabbing you dates. You just have people out there just handing out dates. People just giving you zamzam, just, you know, making dua for you. Just, you know, reading the Quran with you. Everyone's just doing it for the sake of Allah, you know? And then one of the things that was, um, what was interesting actually was that after every single prayer, and it was either in either Medina or Mecca, is that there's the and I'm and I hope I'm and it was it was a janazah prayer, and one of the things they do is um, with the janazah prayer they usually have about three four maybe even five within one of them, so they're burying four or five bodies, so you have to think about the amount of bodies they're burying in a day, and they go into this uh, the graveyard called uh, grave of Bucky I think, and um, the graveyard has. Um, some Sahabas buried in it, and, and the one that um, is, sign is signaled out is Uthman ibn Affan, and that's the third Khalifa. And um, you just see that uh, one of the things I, I, I saw that was really interesting is that they, when 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 um, when they grab 
they, they don't put them in a casket, obviously, yet. However, they have the body, and then they have it on this long bench, and then they put it on top of their shoulders, and they sprint off with it. And you have one person sprinting, and you have, like, five, six people grabbing it. And then I remember just observing them, like, why Why is it that everyone, I'm talking about, like, a lot of people after Salah sprints into a full burst. And I was like, you know, once I was like, you know what, I'm about to do it. So I got into it, and I burst it, and I, and I, and I sprinted. And my mom was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm gone. I'm about to do this. <laughs> Like I'm about to do this, and I like I remember, and then I and I and then when I got there, I slowed down, and I noticed is that um that someone would carry it for about five seconds, and someone would tap them, and then walk out, and someone else would grab them. And then I asked someone, I said they're doing it for edge that it's edge when you do that. So the next slot, I burst it again, and I sprinted, and you know me, I'm like 250 pounds, you know, like with like I'm slow, but I'm going 100 miles per. Hour. I'm like, no, I gotta go get this, I gotta go touch it, I gotta go carry it. I got to do this. I got to get to Ejid. Like, this is an experience. Like, I have to do this, you know. Like, Allah bless him and bless us. And then I, and then I remember, like, grabbed it and I cared. I was like, and the only thing I was thinking about in that moment was like, don't drop the body. Don't be the only person in history who's ever done that. So, <laughs> and then um, I grabbed it and then someone patted me about, like, three seconds and then I gave it to them. And it was just, uh, it was really awesome. Um, but, yeah, man. Uh, if if I could live in Medina, I would live in Medina because it's by far the most beautiful city I've ever seen in my entire life. So now um, you start the process of Umrah, and with the process of Umrah, like I talked to you uh, with you guys about earlier, you get into a specific um, garment, into a specific set of clothing, and you have a specific set of rules that you need to abide by. And uh, I'm not going to get into all the rules, but it's fairly simple if you do the research. And there's some certain stuff that you need to recite while you're on your way there, and then some certain stuff while you're doing the seven um, seven tawaf around the Kaaba, which means walking around seven times that you need to be reciting du'as. And there's a certain place that you start and a certain place that you end, and then you do something. Um, it's just a list of steps. And then I think it was after that you go to Miqat Ibrahim. Um, no, no, to um, I forgot what the name was. It was the other um, place where Ibrahim was Nabi Ibrahim. And you pray Turaqa'ahs there, and then you go drink Zamzam, and then you do, um, what was the word? Um, I can't think of it. What was the word? Uh, I forgot the word. Um, you do um, the seven rounds of the word I can't remember right now. I, I totally forget. It was in the back of my mind. And that, that's a long process, and it, and it gets tiring in your feet, but it's just really, really awesome. Um, when I remember, um, because I read online, someone, um, I, I think it was a shift that said, when you are entering into the Hanum and you're entering into the Kaaba, lower your eyes and um, um, humble yourself and then raise your head as you view the Kaaba. So... I'll never forget this view in my entire life. The first time I set eyes on the Kaaba, and it was uh, dark, and I remember it, but it was the lights were beaming, and we just lay eye on the Kaaba, and it's tall. It's, it's, it's very tall, and you just see the amount of people just doing it and just making dua, and just everyone is there because of their love of Allah. When you're there, you, you 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 can't help but just just loving how do I say, like you, you just you you can't help but just think about like like 
the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the, the Sahabas and just the sacrifice and the strength that they had to, especially the Prophet, to spread the message of Islam. And you just, you're just, you're just, you're, you're in awe. I think I've used that word a couple of times, but it's, there's no other way to be able to describe it when you're over there. Um, like Mecca, like Medina, Mecca is somewhere where people come up to you and they just make dar for you. I remember how many times someone got me dates and the dates over there are so good. I'm talking about, uh, they could fill you up and they're 1000 times better than the dates here. I I was never a fan of dates, but when I got them, that's all I wanted to eat. Their dates are round, they're juicy. The darker they are, the better they are. Um, yeah. So, um, there's some stuff that I forgot to talk about. Um, I have to head out to go meet up a friend right now. So, um, I don't want to be late on him. Um, but just to go um go back a little bit um. Uh, like I said at the beginning, um. The pro uh, the journey of Umrah is very personal and spiritual. You are going to the holiest place in the entire world, and you are invited by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and you never know if you'll have another opportunity to do it. So, the gates of Duas are open over there. Uh, just repentance and. Just being humble in, the, in, 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 in your duty as a Muslim to worship the one who created you. Um, I'm really, 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 really humbled and proud that I am able to say I completed Umrah with my mom. Um, and again, as I said, she is the one that was the driving force, her and my yeah, yeah, were the driving force for this. So um, I can't thank them enough. I, I I can't thank them enough for being strong. And it just and, and like I said, man, for me and like I I've always believed man, just a Muslim woman is the backbone of the Ummah. That it is so strong and, and courageous and and, and and just so intelligent and, and it just shows you, man, what if you have good people in your life, what they can do for you. Um, I'm going to wrap up this episode and um, hopefully um, it inspires some people to do the journey for Umrah. I didn't really talk in detail because I didn't want to go by like an hour or two. But if you ever want to ask me about how it was or if you just want to um, message me, you know, I'm, I'm free, man. I don't mind. Uh, I love to talk about it, man. It's just like, you know, life is short, man. So peace. Have fun. Put the house.